You are about to witness history in the making. Welcome to another Pop Culture Gamers special. Um, today we're going to have a nice little chat about Steven Spielberg. And before we kick off, um, Hayden, how are you doing, mate? You all right? I'm doing very well, Steve. How are you? Yes, it seems like an age since we last spoke as well. It seems a long time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on at the moment, but there always seems to be something that keeps interrupting our flow. I know, I know. And even gaming time is down to a minimum these days. Yes, definitely. So, so what we're going to do is we're going to have a we're going to go through um, Steven Spielberg's directorial career and just highlight some of the movies that we've that we've liked most. Um, we will try and maybe do it in some sort of order from when they came out. Um, if if that works well, that's good. So, me being the oldest, should we start with one of the earliest ones I've seen? Yeah, go on. Eh? So, back in 1971, when I was about six, when I was born. In you were born, there was a TV movie called Jill. Yes, there was. Uh, you may well have seen this, actually, haven't you? I think you. I have seen this. it. I've seen it several times. I've not seen it for two decades. Yeah, but I have seen it. I'll have to. I'm going to have to dig it out, actually. And for a TV movie, for someone, you know, I think it's very clever. Um, limited budget, but that's what TVs, TV movies are like. Um, they had a strong main character. Yes. Who's done ma- many TV shows in the past as well. Um, I don't think there was that many people in it, was there? Well, I suppose what you could say is you got the ma- the main character um, was was stuck, played by Dennis Weaver. Um, now, many people haven't, probably haven't got a clue who he was, but back in the day, he he did a cop show called Oh, do you know that just went straight out of my head then? Um, McLeod, mm. and he always used to ride his horse as well in the town. Did yeah. you ever see that? Mm, not really. No, a little bit before my time. Yeah, and um, the story goes that a, a businessman is on his trip home through the desert and he's pursued by this oil tanker and it's their battle of wits between the two of those through the whole movie. So I think it's what you would call one long car chase. Basically, yeah. I must admit that in terms of this, I never understood what the truck driver thing was, why he was doing it other than he was just a maniac. <laughs> Do you think he cut him up some point and didn't like it? <laughs> it's a little bit extreme though isn't it really well these days you don't know what happens if you chuck up someone up do you know what I mean no um, that's very true that's very true but anger management then probably wouldn't have been as bad as it it is today mm. uh, I, I'd say really enjoyed that I'd seen it a few times I might even actually fucking find it from somewhere I may just go back and have a little look at that film uh, I'm sure somewhere on the internet there's a way to pick that up I'm sure I'm sure there will be yeah um, moving on from there, actually, before we actually before we go any further, that's something I wanted to talk to you about. And I, you know, I love figures. Yeah. So, have you an idea how much Steven Spielberg is worth without googling it now? Five hundred million. That's a little bit off the mark, but it was three point six billion US dollars. Wow. <laughs> 
just a few bits of change there, I think. Stephen, if you're listening, I'll have your point six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely incredible. Yeah, uh, and I think rightly so. That 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 guy, um, what he's done for movies, and I suppose pop culture essentially. Well, when you look through his uh, film list, there's so many iconic things to do with pop culture that he's either directed or produced, particularly produced because he's got 167 producing titles to his name on IMDb, uh, whereas he's only got 57 as a director. Don't worry, we're not going to go through every one of those 57. (laughs) I think that there's two that we're not going to talk about. Joking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and... I, he's probably one of the biggest directors of, of our time. Yeah, I would say he probably is. You know, he's um, there with, you know, Cameron, Lucas. Well, I think Scott. he's probably above all of those, to be honest. If there was a tree of directors. Yeah. But do you think that that's because of some of the more um, culturally iconic things that he's brought to the table rather than because of how good he is? Because I don't, I don't think he's any better than say Ridley Scott or Cameron or Lucas or you know, I think it's especially trying to say what a director does and how they want to see a film brought brought to the screen. Yeah, and how they sort of do that in a process is where for yeah. him and how he works with children, whether mm-hmm. they're six years of age or they're teenagers. Yes, he's uh, got done quite a few films with uh, teenagers. And he's always brought. He, I think, he always brings out the best in those in those actors and actresses that um, that you know he started with. And and we have some big stars to thank for him as well. You know, like Drew Barrymore. Yeah, absolutely true. Because she was she went to do um, she went to try for Poltergeist. Yeah, but got ET. I think <laughs> it's just. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but they, they, just the way that where that went. Let's say. I mean, he was he was only producing Poltergeist. He wasn't directing it, but he obviously was involved heavily with that. Mm. You know. Uh, anyway, um, so if, if we go back to this, if we go back to our favourites, and so f- from after Jewel, should, should a, we rate some of these films as well? Say, like out of five, how much we like them? Can do, yeah. Um, okay, so think, what about for Jewel then? Because this this was basically it was a a truck with a faceless driver. I'm not even sure whether or not there was actually ever supposed to be a driver in it. No, there was. The driver was in it because there was at one point he got out and he was in the cafe in the sort of the, oh, these, right. okay. with these sort of canteen side tr- side truck places, and he was trying to f- work out who who it was. But all you used to see was either his feet when he was walking in or out. Because hmm. there was another, there was a like I don't know whether it was a follow up to this or a bit of a copycat where it was a black car. I don't even know that it was called Jewel 2 or whatever, but um, it was a black car that was possessed by Satan. You're not on about Christine, are you? <laughs> yeah, well, I might be, yeah. But, you know, it's it's a similar sort of thing. It's just this is a truck driver, mm. you know, um, and the, the principle is the same. It's, you know, a driver or a vehicle that is constantly chasing uh, someone else. So, I, But I quite like this. I remember watching this as a kid. I was I was um, enthralled, at, you know, seeing this sort yeah. of this. I mean, back in those days, the cinema experience was a bit behind, um, and 
but to see a, a quality film like that on on the screen on on t- on your black and white TVs, it probably would have been then for most of us. Yeah, um, it was a it was a treat, I think. Yeah, I, I would give it probably about three and a half out of five. Uh, yeah, I'd probably go with that. Yeah. Um, after that, um, I never did see Sugarland Express. No, me neither. Um, but I did like Goldie Hawn, so I, I never got round to seeing it. But I suppose the the the, the the thing that we know today called the summer blockbuster mm. was invented by Steven Spielberg. Yes, it was. And in 1975, Jaws came out. Yes. Which probably changed the way we, we think and look at movies from there onwards. Yes. And it it was, well, it, it's a, an icon in films, isn't it, really? But, you know, anybody uh, does the Jaws theme tune, you know what it's about. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, you know every, everybody knows that even today. You know, when you're considering that Jaws was 1975, and it's 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 past its 40th anniversary, so it's it's well on to it's well on halfway through halfway towards its 50th now. Yeah. And that film, as a child, has resonated with me to this day. Yes. As much as you know, one of my favourite movies of all time, which I'm not going to mention this because it's nothing to do with this, but this film is still up there with it, mm. and. This film did have ripples of putting people off going to the beach and going in the sea. Yes. You wouldn't believe... Which, which to be honest, at Blackpool, there's not that many sharks. <laughs> no, no, there's not that many. But overall, the amount of the... the, um, the pub, Not the publicity for this film, but the way, the awe of this movie. Yeah. And it's just incredible. It created a good atmosphere in terms of it as a film. I mean... It, in, and it spawned so many sequels as well. And what I loved, which obviously is one that he produced, but in Back to the Future, mm. where they went, you know, in Back to the Future 2, where it was like, you know, Jaws 37 or something. You know, yeah, like it was, I think, it. if I remember rightly, because um, Marty McFly was standing outside the cinema and it was like a three, similar to like a 3D experience cinema, wasn't it? Yeah. The and the shark came out, come out of the um, the sign, didn't it? Yeah, that's exactly right. And yeah. he said, oh, and the sharks still look fake. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, that you're a perfect example of how that film, you know, integrated into the wider pop culture as well. Hmm. And, it, you know, if you ever want to create a bit of suspense when you're telling a story or whatever, you, you know, you do the Jaws theme. So I, I think it's, uh, you know, as, as a movie, you know, it's a, it's a good movie, but it's not fantastic, but at the time when it came out, it was a big thing because it was something that was really quite new. Yeah, I mean, you saying it's not, it's it was it's not fantastic now. I think the movie still holds up. Um, obviously, I'm not saying it doesn't hold up. Mm. I'm just saying it's you know not like maybe it's because I've seen it too many times, but it's not like. But, wow. but the way movies have been, the way movies have gone over the over the over the decades now, and how they're filmed, the spectacle, and how they, that we have CGI and everything else yeah. that comes into producing and bringing out these great movies. Where Jaws was back in the day, they had to have a model shark that kept breaking down, and they did the best they can for how the technology they had on those days. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, uh, there was about three or four Bruce. Bruce the shark that was running around and many of them broke down during the during the filming. Mm. And the other thing 
that not that we're going to talk about someone else that really is a collaborator with with Steven Spielberg. But you've got to owe it to him for having John Williams come up with such a fantastic score. Oh yeah. That if you if you watched a scene of Jaws without the score, it doesn't work as well. No, it definitely doesn't. And really, because from... it's it's that that music that builds that suspension. Mm. And I will never forget. I was watching um, a TV show with the with the lead up to the the release of Jaws. There was an old TV show that used to be on BBC about six o'clock in the evening. It was a it was a new sort of a new style show. Mm. I think it was called Nationwide, and they had John Williams on there, and they they showed a like a two minute clip with and without his music. Yeah, and it gave it showed you that level of. Of, of the scene of what was happening because it was I remember exactly what scene it was because it was a scene where there was a guy with a joint of meat that was it was his wife's Sunday roast and they went out to the pier threw it on a chain out to sea on it with it with a, um, a with a rubber dinghy as to hold it in a position and the, sh- the shark took the bait and pulled away half the raft of the of the pier mm. and then he was swimming back to sea swimming trying to swim back and then you saw that broken bit of pier physically turn round and then sort of chase him back to back to the beach. Yeah. And it was really clever that playing that piece of music the way they did, you just it gave you that sense of dread thinking that he was going to get taken out by the shark. Yeah. But I mean when you think about the premise of Jaws. Mm. Okay. Um and other films that are of that era as well like Piranha do you remember those ones? Which I know they weren't Spielberg, but no. You know. Oh yeah, well, uh, my favourite of them is per- the Piranha Three D. I think it was that was one of my favourites. Yeah, no, that that was much later. No, I mean mm. the original sort of ones. Oh god, where, yeah. You know where the, these build, you know that um, that tension, and about how everybody's in imminent danger. If you don't go in the water, you're fine. <laughs> you know, it's only for those people who are stupid enough to think, "Hmm, I'll go in the shark-infected waters." Well, that's what Brody said to Matt <laughs> Hooper when he said, "I'm not stupid enough to go in that boat." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Poor bloke. Yeah, but, but this, this is freaking heart attack when that head came out of that boat. <laughs> <laughs> it is what amuses me about you know some of these films. Really, you know, is because. It's a bit of a broken premise because they create this horror, but if you just don't go in the water, you're not going to be affected. <laughs> you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. But I mean, you were you could be affected, I suppose, if your loved one um, was the one that got swallowed by the shark, for example. Yeah. Like the little kitten, the kid that died and on the raft. Mm. Obviously, it affected his his um, his mum. You know yeah. the way way any mum would do. But yeah, just overall the. The, the the last third part of the movie where you had the um, you had them all out at sea trying to k- k- get the shark and that yeah I mean it just it's a fantastic and I always recommend if you've never seen the remastered print of that movie is to rewatch it now with the with the latest I think it'd probably be the latest Blu-ray they've got now which is probably the 40th anniversary where they've cleaned the print up and it just looks great it really does um, I think I might watch it again because I haven't seen it for donkey's years, and I do like a bit of Roy Schneider as well. Well, yeah, I mean, those the the the, the actors he they chose for that film they were perfect. It was just, I mean, their careers, obviously, um, Roy Schneider uh, that was very early in his career, and Robert Shaw, who's who, who's done some stuff. He was in 
um, from Russia with Love, wasn't he, in the Bond movie? Mm. Playing a, playing a villain. And it's uh, an interesting thought. Do you think Roy Schneider would have got his um, role on Sequest if he hadn't done Jaws? You never know, do you? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's one of those things I've always thought for. Yeah, I bet someone thought, watch Jaws and later on when we were doing the, the uh, you know, recruiting for it, so, that guy who was in Jaws, Roy Schneider, why don't we get him? Because that'll bring some of that Jaws fandom over. I yeah. reckon that that's exactly yeah. what they went and, for there. And Richard Dreyfus, of course. Um, mm. They're just great actors in that, really. It just it just worked. I'd love. I said one of my old friends has actually been down to New England where they used to film that. I'd love to go down there. But yeah, we better move on because we there's a few to go to go through our so favourites. How are you rating that one then? Well, that will be five out of five for me. For me, I would say four, but we can agree to differ. <laughs> we can. So if we move ahead two more years, yeah, and Close Encounters of the Third Kind came out. Yeah, one of my favourite Spielberg films. Yes, and the train, I think from, from Jaws now onwards, there's going to be a few there, which is like a, a train that won't stop going with these yeah. movies. And again, John Williams did the score. Yeah. And the special effects, it's funny because as much of today's movies, and they give you a little taste of this film, mm. they never showed you the mothership or the special effects at all in any preview. It was always like the, any sort of TV film show review that was on at the time. Wouldn't, they wouldn't allow you to show the no to show what it was. But again, a, a fantastic film uh, with a great premise. Yeah, definitely. Um, and even spawned the director's cut, which some say was not needed. I don't know. I quite like the director's cut. I mean, they took a bit of the middle out, and then added the, they added the bit on where, where Richard Dreyfus would uh, would go inside the spaceship and see inside. Well, then that might be left for your own imagination. Yeah, I suppose so. It's a bit like um, you know another film that we both like, Blade Runner, where I like the original version, but I don't like the bit trailing through the uh, you know the the countryside at the end. Whereas I liked it where the elevator doors shut on the yeah. director's cut, and that yeah. was it because that and, just made it more dramatic. And do you know where? Just a sidetrack on that. Do you know where that 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 bit of footage came from? No. Well, Ridley Scott went to Stephen Kubrick and said, "Have you got any scenes I need for this?" He said, "Yeah, these ones I didn't use in The Shining." <laughs> so if you've ever seen the beginning of The Shining and you see the car where they're they're driving up to the hotel. Yeah. A lot of that footage that wasn't used was what they put into Blade Runner. Mm. Little fun fact for you. Oh, there you go. But yeah, but Close Encounters, I again, I have a, I've got my vinyl score of that at home here. It it worked. The the music was very clever for the idea of giving the signs um, from from being deaf as well for communication with the aliens. Yeah. Um, fantastic. Uh, I I I would I, again give this one. Five out of five for me. Yeah. I mean, for me, it would be five out of five. It's a, a great movie. It's not the fastest movie in the world, um, but it builds a story so well. And you get to the point of you're so desperate yeah. to see these aliens. I think it takes you on Richard Dreyfuss' journey through... Cracking up. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, where you know, right from where you know he starts to obsess about it, and he creates a replica of the mountain in his potatoes. Mm. Uh, do know, you think? Like do you think? That. Do you think Steven Spielberg did um, did the uh, the park a very good favor for that? Because ever, ever since then, everyone would want to go to Devil's Mountain. Yeah, probably <laughs> to see that iconic piece of rock, should we say? You know. Yeah. So, yeah. What would, you, would you give this five out of five then? Oh, definitely five out of five. Okay. So, do you want to go with the next one? Uh, yeah, because this is one that we're going to have very, very different opinions on. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Can we go? Oh, back no, sorry, a year? no. So, what? Can we go that, back sorry. a year? Yeah, go back not, a year. Not nineteen eighty-two. We're talking about nineteen eighty-one. Yes. Yes. So, the, the, um, before he started having his dip in his career. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he produced um, another film which uh, has my favourite actor of all time in, Harrison Ford, and that is Raiders of the Lost Ark. And again, what a fantastic film. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, Indiana Jones, you know, he's become a, a pop culture icon, hasn't he, really? Mm. Um, do you remember where you saw this film? When I saw this? I, mm. In a matter of fact, yeah, I do, because my dad... Uh, took me to see it um, at the Odeon in Middlesbrough before it got knocked down. And um, I absolutely loved the film. And then very unusually, because mm. um, it never happened to have before or after, my cousin um, phoned me up and she said that she was taking her younger brother, my other cousin, t- uh, to go and see... Uh, this film two days later so it's the first time i ever double dipped on seeing a film at the cinema oh, right as well and i saw it twice within two days <laughs> i mean i funnily enough i i saw this in bournemouth back in 1981 we happened to be on a weekend away yeah and it was raining and i said to my to my mate ian at the time i said should we go to the cinema i went yeah why not and then what are we going to watch and i said well here's a steven spielberg movie that's going to be good isn't it and not knowing anything about that film Yes, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, you'd be absolutely blown away because you didn't know anything about it. Yeah, and as much as we will talk about some of the some of the other later ones, just references that are made now in other movies from this movie as much as anything else. Oh, absolutely. And probably, absolutely. I think it would have spawned a lot of more archaeologists as well to, from here. Well, <laughs> funnily enough, I uh, do know somebody became an archaeologist because. <laughs> There you go. So no, how true. It's although it, she would have to be Mrs. Jones, I would have thought. Right, <laughs> although her surname certainly wasn't Jones. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, no. It's. Um, I, I think the, the other thing as well is, you know, obviously, I think I went to see it originally, and you know, wanting to see it because it had Hans Solo in it. Mm. You know, because when you're a kid, you don't think of Taris and Ford. You think it's Hans Solo. So it's sort of like another Han Solo movie. And then when you get there and you realise oh, he's, he's not them, but it's still him, you know. Yeah. Um, and the whole, you know, I remember seeing the end of that film and considering it was a PG, you know, how horrific the, that that end moment is when they open up the Ark of the Covenant. And the melt, all the melted faces. Or melt, yeah, the melted exactly. Face. Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because there's, I mean, there's some great bits, I mean, Harrison Ford done his backing halfway through the film. Yeah. And he had to fight. Makes a change from crashing a plane. It does, doesn't it? And he had 
he would they were they were doing some street scenes where he was chasing um Mariam being kidnapped. Yes. And the big dude with the sword come out. So Harrison Ford said, Well, how about I just shoot him? <laughs> yeah. And, and then he, went, he did a homage to that in the next movie as well, do you remember? Oh, um <clears throat> well, on the, where on the he, bridge. He, yeah, even though that was a prequel. Did you know that? Yeah, no, no, yeah, well, it was, yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, I think it was the first time I've ever seen a film that had a prequel. Because I don't, I don't remember, you know, the Temple of Doom was set, was it five or six years before Raiders of the Lost Ark was supposed to be? Yeah, I'd have to, <clears throat> I'd have to double check and look. But yeah, I'm sure that one was before. It was, definitely. But they had exactly the same sort of situation. But he doesn't have his gun and he has to fight them. Which <laughs> I thought was quite a nice little nod to the previous movie, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Because of course Marion wasn't on that one. No, and it was yeah. I say it was. It's his wife now, Kate Capshaw. Yes. Who well, I his I, wife in the film. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. married it. He married her, didn't he? Um, yes, in the sometime. one that we really the, the you know, out of the trilogy and the other one that shouldn't have been made. <laughs> oh, that's another debate for about another five hours, there, isn't it? No, not really. Uh, not anybody who's seen it. <laughs> I think we go back to George Lucas for that. But uh, so, what what was your favourite part of Raiders then? Um, I think where he's standing in that tomb, you know, with the stick, and you know, he's worked it all out and all of that bit. But there's so many quite funny moments as well, isn't there? There's all of the stuff with, you know, snakes and whatever. There's that bit where he gets kicked into. Uh, you're back into that uh, tomb, and then he falls down, and he looks, and a you know cobra uh, sits up. Yeah, and, and if you, you watch know, it, you can actually see the piece of glass between him and Harry. I know they probably. I, I should imagine they've cleaned that print up now, but yeah, there's a slight reflection off the off there, isn't there? Yeah, there is definitely, which is quite funny. But, but I don't think you, you really you really notice it too much. No. Uh, no, and it was I think only about the third or fourth time I yeah, watched it. I, I think the that. idea, I say, the idea of this movie was giving you that classic forties um, style of sort of like the Flash Gordon of the time. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. I mean, with, it, with the Saturday morning of, pictures idea. Yeah, um, but even though it was set in the Second World War, it still kind of looked modern at that time. Do you know what I mean? Was yeah, it sort of like it, I, I never. Never really clicked with me that this was actually set in the Second World War until I actually watched it a few years later. I think it was just, I was just so much in awe. I'd like to know everything. how, if anyone nicks someone else's clothes to look like someone in a movie, that they always fit. Yeah, well, I mean, there's been so many things where people have got dressed up as Indiana Jones as well. But actually, I think it looked a bit tight because even he was trying to do the top up when they when he. When he had that Nazi uniform on, after yeah. holding his breath for the submarine, which must have been a bit of a feat. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and he, he had incredibly small feet. Yeah, <laughs> and the shoes. But think about you know how much of an impact this film's had on video games because I don't think we'd have had Lara Croft. I don't think we'd have had Uncharted. No, no, I think it's probably spawned some ideas for later that they you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but classic. So again, five out of five for me for this. Oh, ten out of five for me. <laughs> no, we can't have that. It's five out of five. <laughs> five out of five, definitely. Okay, so should we go to your the one that you're not don't not too keen on? 
Well, it could have been you who might not have been keen on it. So, after this came another blockbuster. Yes. um, With E.T. the Extraterrestrial. Yeah, or as I call it, E.T. the Extra Terrible. Why? I hate the movie. I absolutely hate the movie. It got to the point of where E.T. dies in the film, and I went, yes! And everybody was around me was sobbing, and even my dad. So how old were you when you saw this movie? Eleven. Okay. (laughs) So I saw, so I would have been, what would I would have been? 1982, that was when I was going up. I I went to see that at the Leicester Square, didn't I, when it came out? So, yeah, I would have been about 16, 15. Mm. I think I was allowed to wander around on my own up and down on the train line to go into London then. Yeah. Uh, and I thought this was a fantastic movie <coughs> with the premise of, of a, a a child, a kid that has got a disruptive family with, with his parents split up. And I think he, with, 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 with finding E.T., it uh, puts him straight on a few things, to be honest. Mm. But you've got to think, if we hadn't had this, you may never would have had Stranger Things. Maybe, maybe not. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but I wasn't really that into Stranger Things, to be honest, either. Yeah, yeah. Tell you, but um, I mean, for me, I'm. Don't get me wrong. In terms of story, um, you know, the the story's a good idea. Um, I think that it's filmed incredibly well. I think he's done a good job at directing it. I just don't like it. Um, well, I suppose I it's, just, <clears throat> it's. I mean, I'm going to say this. Sentimental. But do you know what? I'm a sucker for that, and I'm not gonna. I'm not going to. Um, I'm going to admit, tell you this, but it did put a tear in my eye, even even at sixteen, and I'm just the sort of person I am. It put a tear in my eye when he came back to life. <laughs> yeah, you, you, yeah, yeah. I know you. Now you're sarcastically saying that, but you know. No, I'm not. I'm thinking, oh God, no, it's not going to end. I was trying to get my dad out of the cinema, and he wasn't. But I just loved it, and he said. And, he, and it went, when he came out of the truck on the ambulance, and he said, well, can't he beam up? <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, I think that the point where I started really fell out of love with this was the bike, the cycling. And, you know, suddenly everybody could fly on bike. You know, so suddenly everyone turned into Peter Pan. Yeah. Actually, sort of, I, I did. Uh, I have been on the ET ride at Universal Studios. Yeah. That was quite good, actually, I must admit. But no, it's... It, it, that was a film for all ages. Now, if a, if, if a teenager saw that film now, probably wouldn't think much of it and would say, no, nah, this is a load of mulch and, you know, not, not my sort of film. Mm. But I think it was more appreciated by everyone at the time it came out. I think it was. And to, to be honest, I know I'm in the minority of people who don't like the movie, but I don't care. I don't like the movie. It's simple as that. You know, it's, it's, you can't like everything. And this is just one no, of but no, you, I know. I, I mean, there are some of other Spielberg movies that aren't, they are great spectacles, but maybe, you know, it just depends really, isn't it? So yeah. you're going to give this, what, a three out of five? One. You give it a one? I'll give it a one. Matter of fact, I would give it a zero, but I'm being kind to you. Yeah. Um, I, 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 th- re- I really dislike it. I've, I've watched it three times at different ages of my life. Yeah. And uh, to be honest, I'd rather go and watch The Sound of Music and that is really saying something. Well, that's not a bad film, is it? <laughs> no, I don't like that either. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? It's just I'd rather watch an episode of Coronation Street than I watch this. At least that. Well, you know, this is this is you being hey, you know. I'm sure no, you know. No, it's, it's, just... it's not. I just don't like the movie. It's not me being me. It's just 
you know, I would rather watch something else any day of the week. Yeah. Okay. So you, I give, I give it a four. I give it a four out of five. I'm surprised you're not giving it a five, to be honest. No, I mean, where Jaws and Raiders come out on top more. Yeah. That it would be, but it's hey, it, it's still a fantastic film. His direction's brilliant. The um, the soundtrack is great again from John Williams. Um, it works on a lot of it works on a lot of levels and and it brings out that probably kid in you to a certain degree as well. Yeah, I mean, I, some I think people. if you like if you like sentimental sci-fi, <clears throat> there's with... not too many of those about though. To be honest, is there? No, there isn't. But if you like sentimental sci-fi, then um, this will probably be the film for you. <clears throat> but let's say the, the the bit that really turned the tide for me. Was the the cycling and where they start you know started flying? I just thought it was so incredibly naff because I don't care what alien coming along, they're not going to be able to just suddenly make a kid riding a bike fly. Well, and that's that, science. That is science fiction for you. So yeah, no, it. but but <laughs> even so, science fiction needs to have some sort of formal kind of grounding. There's some, there, if you want to, there are some real bad sci-fi movies out there, and I mean there are some real bad. And ET is nowhere near that at all. Anyway, in your opinion, we'll move on. <laughs> I think because we, we, we'll do, I'll just moan at you. Um, yeah, and I'll just roll at you. <laughs> so we can probably skip a few here. I, I have, I mean, well, I have we've seen... already mentioned Temple of Doom, haven't we? Yes, I was just about and to say the... quickly that I, the Twilight Zone the movie was okay. I did enjoy that. Not that I remember yeah. too too well now, um, but yeah, should we kick off with Indiana Jones Part Two? Yeah, again, it it was a good movie, but it, to me, this was a solid three. It's it suffers from the normal thing of the the sequel is not as good as the original. Well, I mean, it's set in a different time. The, the, the story is, is is slightly different. Uh, I mean, I again saw this at Leicester Square when it came out. Yeah, and thoroughly enjoyed it. I love the little take with the Star Wars, a little bit of Star Wars thrown in there, mm. with um, with the 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 place where Willie, the the nightclub singer, was was singing at the Obi Wan Cafe, wherever. Yeah. <laughs> the Obi Wan nightclub, should we say? Yes, it was. Um, an introduction into a into the to his sidekick, who went on to play in Goonies. Mm. Um, I think I would. It's complete. I would still give this a five out of five for me. I- to me, I just it didn't have the spectacle that Raiders of the Lost Ark did. That it it just did not have that je ne sais quoi. Again, is it because am I going to say this now? Because is this because of the the slight sentimental section in this with all the children? Was that no. the bit that threw it for you? No, I don't think so. Just it just it didn't work as well. It's still a good movie. Yeah, no. it's still <clears throat> sort of like six. Seven out of ten, but it's average. Yeah. To to me, at the at this point, Steven Spielberg seems to have gone over the crescent of the hill, mm. and is on a bit of a downhill a little bit. Um, you know, because no one could be on top form all of the time. And, oh God, you know, no, no. Um, you know, he's 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 done some amazing films, but to be honest, he's done some pretty average stuff as well. Well, it depends what you call it, because a lot of those sort of average type movies got him Oscars. Yeah. Depending on your point of view. Uh, The Colour Purple and Empire of the Sun, for example. Well, I don't think that, you know, I think The Colour Purple was a a good movie for the type of movie it was. It's not my my preferred genre. Hmm. 
but it's uh, it's still <coughs> a good movie, you know, and it was deserving of an Oscar. Yeah. Uh, Empire of the Sun. I'm trying to remember what happened on that one. That was to do with um, it was during the Japanese War, wasn't it? If I remember rightly. Oh uh, yeah, it was. I, I I don't think I've actually seen that. But to be honest, you know, let, let's be honest. I think a lot of the time, directors and producers do these sort of movies. You know, these more historically accurate or ones that say something about the social condition. Well, we'll get onto a few time. more of those a bit later, but yeah, there is. Yeah, we do. But I, th- I think that the that directors do this to win, not maybe subconsciously, but, you know, these are the type of films that get the votes because for some reason, when you look back historically over, you know, best picture, mm. best actor, it's always like an historic one. Or, you know, it, it's uh, it's like that uh, episode of Extras where Kate Winslet is on it. Have you seen that one? Do you remember the one? On the I I do actually own the I do actually own the DVD of these. Of the yeah, I, of these. I have as well. And there's, there's this one where Kate Winslet on and she's talking to Ricky Gervais. She dresses as a nun, remember? She, she dresses as a nun and she's saying, "Well, I'd better get a bloody Oscar for doing this." <laughs> you know, um, and. Uh, and to me, that's always stuck because the thing about what you, you know, whether you like him or hate him, in terms of the stuff that he does, Ricky Gervais is pretty much on the pulse. In terms of you know, it's that's his thing is making the satire out of um, the way that things are, and I think mm. that that was a very true com- comment about Hollywood. In that, if people aren't getting the votes, I think that they do go and look for the roles where they can possibly get one. Because let's face it, it helps their bank balance as well, doesn't it? Once say, well, I'm an you know, Academy Award winning yeah. you know, uh, actor. And I think that whether or not it's because they want to do something more, in inverted commas, creditable, as in factually accurate, um, or, you know, about a factual event, mm. um, <coughs> me. They, they seem to be the ones that always get the Oscars, you know, for best picture. Well... Look at, Dunkirk didn't get it this year, did they? But there you no, go. No, but uh, the one that it, the um, you know whatever it is, billboards in Missouri did. Oh, three boards, three billboards, yeah. Yeah, that one did, and that's based on a reality again. Yeah, but Shape of Water won Best Picture, and that was a monster movie come love story. <laughs> so. That's that is very very unusual. And let's face it, Best Actor was Gary Oldman for playing Sir Winston Churchill. Yeah. You know, it's um, Titanic Best Picture, I think it was out, wasn't it? Yeah, it did. And so, it's not because it's the best picture ever, but it's the most profitable oh, picture oh, ever. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, we're going to shift, we're going to move swiftly to 1989. Yes. And I remember going to my local High Wycombe cinema, which had in THX installed for sound. Yeah. And sound quite near the front. And was blown away by Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Yes, brilliant and movie. It was where maybe, maybe the second one maybe dipped a bit. This was back on form, but it was different to the original. It had reinvented Indiana Jones a little bit because it had gone more comedy based. There was always a bit of comedy in Indiana Jones. Well, I think but, you've got to give give Spielberg the the thumbs up for putting Sean Connery as his dad. Oh yeah, brilliant move, brilliant move. And I love the thing of. Indy, you're named after the dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
No, that is um, that is so true. But actually, <clears throat> that was George Lucas's dog. <coughs> yeah. Believe it or not. Mm. So yeah, again, oh, what to say about this movie? It had everything in it. I mean, it was great to see Indiana Jones as a young Boy Scout, played yes. by River Phoenix, bless him, who sadly passed away. Um, Not long after it, was it? It wasn't too far after. Just a, it was just he had everything you wanted in an Indiana Jones movie, with that with that sense of 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 the idea regarding the the cup of the cup for Christ and the idea for <clears throat> the knights. Uh, it was the whole film just had it had those it had those moments. For a laugh, but it just always had it had all that excitement as well. Yeah. But I think if if Sean Connery hadn't played his dad, I I don't know if it would have been pulled off as good. No, I don't. I I'm not sure. But Sean Connery's such a brilliant actor as well, mm. and that's not not dissing Harrison Ford because he's you know equally as good an actor. Yeah. But it was the way that they played <coughs> off each other and the way that you know that was directed was absolutely perfect. Yeah. So, so five out of five. Oh, absolutely! It's uh, that is <clears throat> that is again. I I would probably put that one ab- I put that one above um, Temple of Doom. Oh, definitely. In there, definitely. and yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> excuse me. It's it's just a it's just a fantastic movie. So moving on, and I've lost my page by the way as we do well, this. Ninety one was Hook. And that had uh, Dustin Hoffman and Robin Williams and Julia Roberts. Now, they were great stars for the time. They were. But for me, it wasn't all that. D- no, I know what you mean. Um, I mean, I've seen it a few times. And the performances by all, by all, all, all the main actors and actresses are brilliant. They really did well. I just think, as much as you're trying to recreate a, a famous Disney cartoon and... Well, it even... was more like a sequel to it, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it probably was more like a sequel. I it was okay. It wasn't what I would say is is his best work. No, no, and it was you know considering what it was, it was quite a brave thing um, to consider doing. Because but I think it was right for the audience it was aimed at because it was aimed at families, kids. Yeah, it wasn't aimed at you know as you'd be in their mid twenties. Yeah, thank you for that reminding me. <laughs> And I'd, and I'd have been uh, early twenties. Yeah, I think I think we can move swiftly on with this one. And to be honest, how much of an impact in the cinema with having this new idea of special effects, as they were calling CGI at the time? Yes. So nineteen ninety three, you're talking about. Sorry, nineteen ninety three, and which would be Ju- Jurassic, Jurassic Park. What a what an amazing film. Yes. Yeah, and it still is an amazing film as well. It, it holds up ever so well. It does. It does. I mean, now when you look, some of the special effects are a little bit ropey in comparison to these days. But I remember watching this at the cinema and being in awe <clears throat> at how how it all worked. Yes, it's. I I think this is one film I can say I I can watch over and over again, but never get bored with it. For me, it's one that I'd have to watch no more than once a year. Probably every two or three years. Mm. I do have it on Blu-ray with the other ones, but um, it's a good family viewing sort of thing as well. It's got that uh, sort of like Doctor Who hide behind the sofa, kids fear in it as well. For those that were kids at the time, yeah, I can see your point. Yeah, 
I think, like, I think, you know, my son and stuff. I like think, that. I think what what this did for dinosaurs for bringing back the idea of kids looking into what for the history side of it. Yeah. Because um, kids always love big monsters. Oh, and and the Tyrannosaurus Rexes. Well, I'm going to tell you something now, right? When I went, when I was at Universal, when I went to Universal Studios, mm. did all that stuff, and my youngest um, daughter, Poppy, she absolutely crapped herself on the Jurassic Park ride because when you get to the you get you, you're going through the you, you're in you're in like this um this boat going through all these dinosaurs and it's all cute and cuddly yeah. and this Tyrannosaurus Rex head appears above your head to grab you and then you just drop on this water slide yeah seen her picture was she was petrified absolutely petrified uh I just, but we wouldn't if it wasn't for if it wasn't for, for for Jurassic Park, I wouldn't have had that ride, which really did um, give my, my my youngest daughter a, a, one of the most scariest times in her life. I think even now, I think if I asked her now what was the most scariest thing you've ever done, I think she would give me a kick in the sh- in the shins for it. <clears throat> yeah, well, I mean, it's the perfect monster, isn't it? Really, although when you think about it, it's pretty naff with its short little arms. <laughs> it just reminds me of the one in Toy Story. <laughs> yeah. I since watching Toy Story, I've been able to look at a T Rex in quite the same way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean the performances from all from all um all in, all ensued in this one. And I love Sam Neill as well. I think he's a brilliant actor. Because really, Sam Neill hasn't done a great deal of act. You know, he's not like people think who he is. Do you know what I mean? It's he has done a, done a few movies in his time. I think this was one of the well, ones. Well, Horizon, The Omen, three. Yeah, only a final conflict it was. Yeah. Yeah. And then obviously Jeff Goldblum was great in that as as, <laughs> as the. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I I always think whenever I think about Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park, I think about that bit where they stop and there's a triceratops and uh, it says it's eating something, and then Jeff Goldblum looks and goes, "That's a big pile of shit." <laughs> It <laughs> does, doesn't it? That is such because the way he delivers it is absolutely perfect. Because you know it's like sat uh, stood next to this massive pile of dung, and of course he is a massive guy as well in height. He's huge, isn't he? And it, and that's bigger than him, and it's just it's just so funny. Yeah, because he he is a funny guy. Mm. Absolutely. Uh, Richard Attenborough obviously played Hammond. Um, yeah, fantastic British actor. I think he's actually Absolutely. Sir Richard Attenborough, we should be saying, really. Yes, we should. Um, people probably forget that Samuel Jackson was in this. Yeah, he was. He was in the control room, wasn't he? Yeah, probably doesn't yeah. come to mind to some. Uh, but yeah, just overall, it was a great, great story. Again, great soundtrack from, from John Williams. Yeah. And actually, in September, I did. I, I would. I was sending Mrs. Oh, oh, can we go? I'd love to get a chance. But they're, they're showing Jurassic Park at the Royal Albert Hall. With the orchestra playing the soundtrack. Yeah. How cool would that be? Very cool. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I would say a five out of five for this one. Definitely. Definitely. It's one of the best ones. Again, always the best ones are the first. Yeah. <laughs> but he, you know, he's also, it was a good year for him, was 93, because there was another classic movie that he did that came out at this time. Remind. list. <clears throat> Yeah, which if I remember rightly, did that get this picture off the top of my head? Um, I think it did. Yeah, it's a type of one that does. Uh, with with uh, I've forgotten the guy's name now. That was the, the main who played Schindler. 
Do apologise. Liam Neeson. Thank you, yeah. And Ben Kingsley. Uh, Ralph Fiennes is in it. I think... Do you know, I don't remember seeing this at the time it came out. I didn't either. It was one I watched on TV. And the whole movie's black and white, apart from the one red. girl in a red dress. That's it, which is very clever. As a matter of fact, when I talk about... Uh, when I teach... Because one of the things I teach on an evening is Photoshop. Mm. And when I teach that, I teach what's known as colour popping. So you make the background, you know, black and white and... Um, in foreground colour in colour, or foreground mm. object in colour, I always turn around and I say, you know, like Schindler's List and the girl with the red hair coat. People look at you as if they were talking gobbledygook. No, everybody they, gets it. They everybody did? Everybody gets oh. it. Uh, don't, don't forget, though, everybody I'm teaching is probably 40 plus. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, Again, we're bringing the forefront of, of atrocities. Yeah. You from, know. From the Nazis mm. and uh, the rescue of um, lots of Jews. But overall, I mean, again, it, they, it again, it was a fantastic film. Yeah, I, th- I think to be honest, I think if anyone has never seen that, I think they should they should go and find that on their on their most favourite way to 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 view uh, movies. Absolutely, don't be put off by the fact that it's mostly black and white because it does make it atmospheric as yeah. well. Because you know, it's like a lot of people like, just immediately switch off when you don't see colour on a movie. Well, don't be like that with it, because it is a good film. Yeah, so... Five out of five for me. Absolutely. Um, we're, now, where, where for you, E.T. was probably a poor movie. Yeah. AI, artificial intelligence, I've never completely seen because I walked out on it. Well, we're skipping a little bit, because there's two others. There's The Lost oh. World. <clears throat> oh, sorry, I do apologise. My, my, my screen shifted. All right. Um, <laughs> that's Okay. So, Jurassic Park 2. Jurassic Park 2, The Lost World. Which was okay? Yeah, it was a three and a half out of five sort of movie. It was more of a cash-in than anything else, I thought. Mm. But it, it it was okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I would, not that I remember it that well, to be honest. I think I need to, I don't actually own the, the Blu-ray box set for this. I should actually pick it up at some point. You can get it for about a tenner. Yeah. Um, so three out of five for that one. Yeah, about that. Yeah. Um, the next one, Amstead. I don't think I've. I can't remember actually seeing it. I've not seen it. So if we move on to what we will call probably the first collaboration that we'll see many times after is with um, Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks. Yeah. And Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. And if you're not into war movies, this won't be for you. But I think the first five ten minutes will just let you know what those people had to put up with. I'm, I'm going to say something that never seen it. You are kidding me. No, never seen it. And the reason why I've never seen it is because I'm not into war movies. I've seen bits of it. Mm. I get the references, but I'm just... Well, that's 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 fair enough if you're not into sort of watching... Um, that's because you've never even seen The Great Escape, but we won't go there on that one. That'd be for another time, but... Yeah. Um... No, I had seen The Great Escape, but just not seen it for very many years. Oh, okay. And not all in one go. <laughs> I've seen, you know, I've seen the whole movie. It is a very long bits. film, to be honest. But yeah. but yeah, I think you should actually sit yourself through it, regardless. Maybe so. It it would be well worth it. And again, that that won a few Oscars as well. Yeah. So okay, so for me, there's five out of five for Saving Private Ryan. Um, the direction that is incredible. The first ten minutes is 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 incredible. The, the fact of how you're seeing this assault on the beaches. Yeah. Um, you, from the gaming point of view, if you remember playing some of those old Call of Duty type games back in the day, or oh, Call of Duty World War Two. 
Yeah. It'd be just... just it'd be, that for you, if it's close, you're going to get to it. Yeah, probably. So we skip forward to where I, I was trying to get to earlier. Um, AI, artificial intelligence. Yeah. Have you seen that film? I have. And it's... I haven't much to say about that, to be honest. It's poor to... It's mediocre to poor, I mm. would say. Um, Jude Law's in it, and he's not... It's not one of his best. <clears throat> and you've got the little kid, obviously. Yeah. From... And uh, it's about basically a robot that, or an android, whatever it is, that uh, is built as a child. And then his parents, because they treat him like a child, does he do the die? Or does he get lost or something? And then <coughs> I never saw the, to... I've never seen it, completely seen the film, I must admit. Yeah. I, I, I just didn't like it. And then he goes on a trek. Um, meeting other robots and mm. all of that. And to be honest, that's about as much as I can remember of it. It was a very forgettable <coughs> film. Yeah. Uh, so I just, yeah, it's not one of my favourites. So I prefer it to E.T., so I'll give it two. Mm. I'm going to give it one. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, moving on then, Minority Report, which we've actually chatted about before because we we chatted yes. about this. This was a film that really gave the current futuristic view of how things are going to be form i think you know yeah. you know like you get the you know like you get the retro future where everybody's wearing tinfoil suits and driving flying cars <coughs> this yeah. to me is the modern well in 20 years time where we'll be going that that's the retro future you know where and even now it's starting to age is a little bit of this because when you've got Tom Cruise manipulating all of those sort of screens, there, it's projections onto plastic, whereas now it would be hovering in the air. Still the same sort of readouts and dials, you know, fancy whirly little circles going around with light lines going off and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, technology at the time of what you thought would be is this way, <clears throat> this portrait yeah. on screen. Yeah, but, uh, but a, I quite like this. It's a great, great performance from Tom Cruise. Yeah, one of his and... best ones. Oh, I think so. Absolutely. Uh, really, I mean, as I say, we've mentioned we've, we've talked about this quite a bit, quite a bit last time. Uh, just, I I would give this five out of five for me. Yeah, it, four and a half out of five, I would say. It's okay. Not, yeah, it's not absolutely brilliant, but it's a it's a good it's a good film that I enjoy. Yeah. So, if we move on to his next one, catch me if you can. And for me, this I think is still up there. Yeah. As much as this is, a, this is more of a, a drama, um, but also with the, the idea of knowing that this is based on a true story. Yes, indeed. And indeed. I think the actors in this are incredible. I think DiCaprio and, and Tom Tom Hanks yeah. do this brilliantly. And I think DiCaprio has a bit of a hard time over the years with some of his movies. I, th- I think the problem is, is that even though he's in his, what, 40s now, DiCaprio looks like he's six Sometimes <laughs> it's like Michael J. Fox. Yeah, he is. Do you but, know what I mean? But even Michael J. Fox, you can tell he's older now. Whereas Leonardo DiCaprio, if he didn't have his, uh, you know, whiskers that he keeps uh, growing, you'd think he was a lot younger than he is. He's got like that very childish sort of face, and I think that's probably what was a, what was the matter here. But the the premise of this was basically it was a story about a, somebody, a true story about a counterfeit young guy who forged his way into uh, jobs and to get money and whatever uh, and he was from a broken home and uh, Tom Hanks is the um, FBI officer he's chasing he's him trying to chasing him and tracking him down hence catch me if you can 
and there's this one bit where he actually yeah. does phone up and say that to him. Yeah, because what he did, what the, the the story is that um, before his 19th birthday, he successfully forged millions of dollars worth of checks while possessing a Pan Am pilot. <laughs> yeah. But it's brilliant. I love that film. It's very clever. It is. It is. It's very good. Um, I love um, the James Bond reference as well, and that because that was during the time when Goldfinger came out. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's nice when they put references in like that. Yeah, because he was trying to protect. He, tried, he got this. He bought the same suit, if I remember right, that Sean Connery would have worn. Yes. In Goldfinger. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I to me that is that is that is well, actually that I I need to see that soon. I think I need to dig that one out somewhere. Yeah, it's it is one of those ones that you really want to watch every now and again. Um, and it was actually. It was straight. This it shows how strange and you know whatever this is. But my wife, who really doesn't get movies at all, she actually wanted to see this and enjoyed it. Yeah, and that 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 sort of like you know, very very rare for my wife. Yeah, I think I'm not sure. I'm sure my my, my wife has seen it. I'm sure if I stick it on, she'll say, "Oh, why are we watching this again?" But I will give it mm. a, give it a go. Um, again, as I said, we we're going into this Tom Hanks era at the moment. And if we move swiftly on to 2004 with The Terminal. Yes, one of my favourite movies. And this Eastern immigrant that finds himself stranded at JFK Airport, but he takes up residency there. And how he got away with that, I do not know. Mm. But, but just... uh, Tom Hanks is uh, Victor, <laughs> isn't he? <laughs> yeah. With Catherine Zeta-Jones, or Mrs. Douglas, whichever way around you prefer to say her name. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's on that. Uh, but do you know what the link is to Star Trek? Um, do you know what? I'm not going to go and have a look. And there's a link to another big franchise as well, which will give it away if I told you which one it is. Go on in. You spill the beans. Well, Dolores Torres. Oh, okay. There's your hint. Do you know that? who played that character? Oh, I'm, my, my mind is blank as we speak. Go on, tell me. Zoe Saldana. Oh, okay. Who is Gamora or Uhura in you know Guardians of the Galaxy and Star Trek? Yeah, yes, I know. Who so you're about. yeah, so that's uh, that's the link uh, to that film. So I think it was one of the first uh, films that she was on. Yeah. Um, but no, it's uh, it's a brilliant. It's a very sentimental sort of movie, you know, because it's uh, the story of um, Victor. Going to America to get the autograph of a um, a jazz musician or singer or whatever mm. for his father's collection, and I think his father had just died or something. And he promised his father he would keep the collection, and then as he's going in through um, JFK, um, there is a revolution in his country, and his passport becomes invalid, so they can't let him into the country, but they can't send him home. So yeah. he lives in the terminal. Yeah. Which I yeah, think what, is fantastic. It's, it's one of those sort of, this sort of one of those sort of like, when you get to the end of this film, it gives you that sort of feel good th- factor to it. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice warm, makes you, gives you a fuzzy feeling inside, sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. So five out of five for me. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. And the next film, if there is any other movie that's disappointing for me, is going to be this one. Yes. And I know where you're coming from. I'm not necessarily agreeing with you, but I know where you're coming from. Yeah. Now, be- because of my um, my love for Jeff Wayne's War of the Worlds, which, if you're not aware, is a is a is a musical score album. Yeah. A story. And with Tom Cruise 
with this American version. It's so disappointing that it's set in America and really it's just based on the premise of aliens invading Earth. Well, a bit more than that because um, the ending is based in the book as well. Yes, you get the obviously you get the way that the aliens yeah. die. It's basically it's taken War of the Worlds, transplanted it to America, and transplanted it to the early noughties. Yeah, but it's um, it's a shame. It's, I yeah. I was so hyped for this film when I you know I've been wanting to see a, a sort of a, a movie version of this book. Yeah, but it never lived up. As much as it's one of the highest grossing ones, believe it or not. Uh, it's okay. Tom Hanks is okay. Special effects are all right, but that's about as much as I want to say about it, to be honest. Yeah, to, uh, to me, uh, it's it's not one of Spielberg's best. Um, Tom Hanks is fine in it, exactly as you said. Um, it's just, it doesn't live up to the long history of War of the Worlds from the fantastic, you know, original book, the radio series, you know, the original film mm. that was done. Um, it just... It didn't have that spark, so I would say three out of five for this. Yeah, I'm I'm going to say two. Now, have you seen um, Munich? I can't remember seeing for a long time, so I don't remember too much about it. No, I haven't seen that. So if we go on to another bad movie then. (laughs) Yeah. So the anticipation of another Indiana Jones film, I think you almost agree we were looking forward to it. Oh, absolutely. And even the beginning of the film... Where you see the, his hat floating on the on the floor when he picks it up, and you're thinking it's Harrison Ford, it's Indiana Jones, yay! Yeah, and then it's aliens, <laughs> which, to be honest, it wouldn't have bothered me either. It was just awful. It's, I think, it was the wrong type of script for an Indiana Jones movie, basically. Um, I I think to be, actually, to be honest, I don't think that the script per se was bad. I think that it was more the application of it because, to be honest, when you actually look at the uh, special effects mm. in this uh, film, <clears throat> it's really very, very ropey special effects. You know, the, they, I can't remember now. Look... I'll, have to, I'll have to dig it out and put it on and have a look oh, at it. Oh, you will because the special effects do look <clears throat> CG. You know, they, they, they are not anywhere near up to the standards of Jurassic Park, which yeah. was like nearly two decades before. Mm. And you think, really, you know, after all of these years, how come you've uh, gone to such awful special effects? It really, well, it, it begs beyond belief, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. Um. Why? Why he thought it? You know. It. Why he even released it? Like in the state it was because it was just so so bad. Yeah. And the other thing, of course, as well, which was a really great uh, letdown, was having Shia LaBeouf as Indy's son. Poor choice. Oh, incredibly poor choice. And evidently they didn't get on on uh, set either. Mm. But. You know, they had about um, as much, you know, dynamic interchange between them as a, you know, rusty nail. Yeah. To be quite honest, it's, it's like he is, Shia LaBeouf's a poor actor. You know, he, he wasn't up for Indy's son sort of role. Um, because the thing, he, he I did, think... He what, didn't fit. If, if it would have worked, there's always that thought that maybe that they could have passed the mantle on to him. I think that's where they were going, to be honest. I think that that was maybe Spielberg's thought. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it actually worked at all. Uh, which, you know, we were we were desperate for this film to come out. And when it did come out, and it was such an incredible letdown. And the villainess in it, she was poor. 
Yeah, I think the only, the only one positive, this was great to see Marion back. Yeah. From Raiders. Course, yeah, and of course he marries Marion. Yeah, but other than that, I, yeah, it's, um, I would probably, if I'm going to give this a three out of five. I would give it a two, but to be honest, this is why it worries me about his intended 2020 release, which he's directing and is announced. Yeah. Is please don't do another Indiana Jones movie. I'm don't sure, I'm sure in the background he knows that. I, well, I just, it's, Harrison Ford is, you know, one of my all-time favourite actors, as I've said repeatedly, but he's too old for the role now, you know, for what we want of Indiana Jones. Yeah. Anything, it'd have to be a a hand-on, and then it's not going to be Indiana Jones, so just don't make it. Yeah, well, I think we'll have to wait and see, to be honest. Yeah. So there's, I there's have one... eaten my words before. I was wrong about uh, Star Trek Discovery. You were. But I, I also admit that. And if I'm wrong about Indiana Jones, I'll, I'll admit it. But I will also say, told you so, if I'm right. <laughs> yeah, but well, we'll, just a couple of... But before we go into some mentions because of his producing, because we haven't talked, yes. I'm sure people are saying, well, where's Back to the Future? Where's the Goonies? Well, we'll have a quick... Well, we'll already talk about directing. <laughs> Exactly. Um, so his last movie that I've seen is uh, War Horse. I have not seen this, but to be honest, again, it's because a war it's a war movie. movie I have no you, I'm, I'm just going to a couple of couple of things about this. Just to quickly say that people that love horses and the be sentimental, they'll love this movie. It's like people that like Lassie or anything else like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But it was still a great movie. I've seen this probably two or three times, to be honest. Um, I think my missus is, is up for going to see the theatrical, the theatrical, the on-stage version, which is supposed to be quite good. So as much as just for me quickly to say, I'll give that a, a three, probably a three out of five. Yeah. And before we go back in time to some others that we want to talk about, mm-hmm. It'd be nice to see if we both get to say, I booked my tickets for his latest movie, Ready Player One. Oh, I am going to see Ready Player One. So I'm seeing that on the Saturday, which I think is Easter weekend, is early this year. Yeah, I I won't be seeing it then, but I will be seeing it. Yeah, so it's released about the 28th of March, roughly, I think Mm -hmm. it is. Um, I'm going to be going on the Saturday, so that's maybe a day after or so. So I'll hold my thoughts on that until you've seen it. I'm sure I will, I'm bound to mention it. if we do a if we do do a show on the Sunday, I'll have a little little just a little little say on it. Obviously, not a lot, I'm, but I thought we would probably do a special on it. Well, we? I think we may <laughs> well we have to. to. And yes, it's kind of can't wait for that movie. Or maybe it could be the big debate for that week. Could be, yeah. But, but then mean, again, no, I think it's probably better as a special because we don't want to spoil it for people. You do want to see it. Yeah, true. I mean, I am so hyped for this movie. I, I don't know a great deal. I've kept away from spoilers. What do you mean you've kept away from spoilers? You've read the book? No, because <laughs> I because how much of the book is in the film is not what you're going to see. No, I know that, but you basically you, you know what the story is yeah, and how it ends. But it's but it's it, but the the quests and everything else we don't know. I, we know I don't we know, think how, we're we know the see beginning and we know the end. We don't know how it gets to it. Do you know what I mean? Well, by the look of the trailers that I've seen of it, um, with the sound on mute, so I'm not listening to anything. Yeah, uh, there is still you know the uh, same keys and stuff like that. So. Oh, the keys are there, but it's how you get the keys is slightly different. That's what I'm saying. Uh, well, yeah, because I think that uh, watching somebody play Joust against um, know, Dungeons, and, <laughs> yeah, Dungeons and Dragons demigod or, or king or whatever it was would probably not be uh, the yeah. best thing. But, uh, but I've got to say, the the showdown, which will be the, which I think has been heavily in that clip anyway, which is the Assault on Castle Anorak. Yeah. That looks pretty cool, I must admit. Yeah. Very... Um, very enticing. Do you want to 
quickly finish on a few a few of the things that he's produced that he's been involved in that obviously yeah i think so maybe just more of a, a mention rather than an in-depth discussion yeah. in them obviously he's one thing that i never actually realized for quite some time is he's had a big involvement in the transformers movies you know the michael bear ones yes i've got a new and quite ironically watch. the actual only movies that i've seen that where shia labeouf's good yeah <laughs> Oh, we I didn't get to say that, but yeah, you're right there. It's because uh, he does weird, play good. Yeah, you know, you know, I said he was bad in indie. To be fair, he was. But in the in Transformers, he was all right. I quite liked him in Transformers. Mm. But but if we if we go back, I think we can go back really back to 1982 when he produced Poltergeist. First of all, yes, he did. Yeah, fantastic movie. Uh, for a sort of a sort of a sort of a horror type film, it worked really well. One of my favourites, to be honest. Well, I mean, the, the, right throughout that time, there was lots of films because uh, he also produced, obviously, E.T. just before then as well. But there was also the Twilight Zone movie. Yeah, that that's he's right. done Gremlins. I mean, the we, we if we say we're talking pop culture and we're talking uh, Ready Player One, for example. Yeah, which is full of cop, pop culture references to Steven Spielberg movies. <laughs> exactly. That's produced well, we, by Steven Spielberg. Yeah, uh, yeah. Back to the Future. <laughs> Which is yeah, very features, very incredible movies. Movie. Yeah, they are absolutely brilliant. Um, but he was also his executive producer on the Money Pit. I have you? I'm, I'm assuming you have seen that movie. Yeah, I have. It's uh, made me cry at some point. His laughter really did. It did. I did sort of laugh out loud in that film. I submit. Yeah, it's a good Tom Hanks movie. Is that one? That uh, very amusing. But he's also was executive producer on uh, Amazing Stories. I remember watching those. Yeah, how about um, how about the young Sherlock Holmes, which I love. I didn't, I didn't get on with that to be honest. But I've never been that interested in Sherlock Holmes to begin with. Yeah, he was executive producer on Bigfoot and the Hendersons. Yeah, remember that one? Yeah, that was good. Inner Space again, he was on that as well. Batteries not included. Executive producer Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Executive producer. See, I think I saw I saw all of these when they came out in the eighties. I saw all of these, you know. Yeah, so did I. I can't remember, uh, Dad, what that one was. Do you remember Always? No. So that was Richard Dreyfus was a pilot. Was a pilot, and he was his his girlfriend at the time, um, who he was in love with, is um, Holly Hunter. Yeah. And he's he's working for this. He's not working as a as a pilot, as in um, shifting people from place to place. Yeah. What they would do is they would go to forest fires to put them out. All right. And spoiler for anyone else knows, he dies and he comes back as a ghost. And a new guy comes in to the um, to the forefray to take his place in the movie. And Holly Hunter falls in love with him, and he's there on her shoulder throughout the whole film. If you say you want to say it's a good sentimental movie for a Spielberg type, yeah. But it is a really good. It's a really good film. John Goodman's in it as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, if you've never seen it, it's worth check out a trailer for. <coughs> it. Yeah. I think the, I think your missus would like it. Most likely. <laughs> yeah. No. No. I put money on it. Uh, Gremlins two. Yes. Yeah. Now uh, that, I prefer Gremlins two to Gremlins to be honest. No. No. Gremlin. You got to go for the first, the original. Uh, one here. I. Didn't even know he was exec- executive producer and uncredited for, which is the film I spoke about a few weeks ago, Cape Fear. No, I didn't know that either. And looking, just going back, scrolling up a bit there, he was involved with the Flintstones, even Sequest, believe it or not. I, I believe it. Again, I think the uh, 
<laughs> the link with Roy Schneider in yeah, Jaws. Yeah, I think yeah, that, that, that somewhere there. Yeah, mm. who's Men good at directing fish? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Men in Black is fantastic, and evidently there's going to be a new Men in Black as well. Yeah, I did like the last one. You did or didn't? I did. I did like the last one. I've liked all of them, to be honest. But yeah, they're not bad. They say there's, I think there's maybe a few films we may have missed if anyone to give us a shout for and tell us, but fantastic career this guy is at. He's, what, 71 now? Did, did you know that he was on the Flintstones, our executive producer on the Flintstones, and he was uh, credited as Steven Spielrock? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's saying about... Um, Actually, what movies he's actually been in? Uh, well, I'm not, well, I haven't I'm not, got. Th- I haven't gone through all of his. No, no, I don't need to. I can tell you one. Go on. In. Do you remember the Blues Brothers? Yeah. Now, do you remember? Obviously, the, the, the premise of the story is that they're trying to earn this money to save the church that mm-hmm. they went to, and they get the money, and they obviously go across Chicago trying to get to the office before it closes to to put the money down so it doesn't get demolished. Yeah. Yeah. And they get they get they go into the building that they're being chased by the firemen, the army, everyone, and they get to the top of the stairs, and the guy's not there for the money. Right. And then he walks in. He walks in and it and um to sign the check. And that's Steven Spielberg. Yeah, and I tell you another one that he's in as well, Austin Powers. I I, I do you know and I think guy who shagged me. Yeah, mind you, so Tom Cruise is in that as well, wasn't he? So yeah, well, it was in the same scene or in the same yeah. bit to be honest, because it was Tom Cruise was playing Austin Powers at the beginning, where everybody thought it was Mike Myers, and then it was Tom Cruise. Yeah, and it was Spielberg directing a movie about Austin Powers. Yeah, so he's, <laughs> he's been, he's, there is, um, he's got some credited career, this guy. Yeah. I and mean, I it was, uh, oh, do you remember Terra Nova? Not the TV too much. series on Sky. Mm. It was, uh, he was an executive producer for 13 episodes of that. It was about a future Earth where we've ruined the environment and somebody invented time travel. Uh, and the time travelled back to a point in history which mm. was so far back it wouldn't have interfered with the future. <clears throat> oh, okay. Uh, and set up a colony there. So it was like people with dinosaurs and stuff like that, which was... Uh, I quite enjoyed it, even though it wasn't probably the best TV series in the world. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I quite enjoyed uh, the premise uh, of that one. Yeah. So I don't know if you... I'm just looking at producer to come oh hang on a minute just mention one other thing remember extant no i don't it was hail berry where she was an astronaut what halle berry halle berry so yeah hail mary there (laughs) halle berry she was an astronaut and she uh gave birth to like an alien creature yeah and then you know ended up getting some of their powers and stuff like that as well i think it was was it on amazon it was uh, released as a series and yeah. then it came on to sci-fi afterwards. That was I, I really enjoyed that. That went for two seasons. It could have gone on for longer. Mm. But there was also Under the Dome where um, there was a town that was just put underneath this dome and nobody knew why and whatever. So, yeah, there's quite a few series yeah. he's been in that have been quite good. Or yeah. been produced, rather. Yeah, there's a few few announced movies. and Obviously, we've got a few dates for some as well. There's there's a, the possibility of a Halo TV series that he's dealing didn't with. Didn't he uh, actually do something? Didn't he actually already have done uh, something Halo-wise? I think he was getting involved with the with with the game regarding the the little mini series that was that was on. Yeah. He may have been involved with that. Uh, Gremlins three, which has been uh, been rumoured around for such a long time, is a possibility of that. Uh, Real Steel two. Now, do you remember the? Do you remember Real Steel? Yeah, I do. And to be quite honest, this is another one of Stephen. Don't <laughs> don't make another indie. Don't make another Real Steel. It wasn't a good film. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was all right. It was okay. It was rubbish. <laughs> no, I, I like, I liked it. Shut up. Anyway, uh, Cowboys and Aliens as well. There was that was another very mediocre movie. Yeah, of course it was. Yeah, um, Jurassic World Three has been an, is being announced for 2021. If we're going to go forward into the future. It's amazing, isn't it? 2021. <laughs> and there's one called Bumblebee, post-production 2018. Yes, yes, that's um, Bumblebee out of Transformers. Yeah, it's, it's a, a spin-off, spin-off, isn't it? Yeah. Um, everybody's favourite uh, yellow vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think we're about there, aren't we? I think we are. So, would you like to run through your ways of contact? So... Email me at steve007 at hotmail.co.uk if you fancy. Twitter is steve007, at steve007, sorry. Uh, Gamertag IDs for Xbox and PlayStation. So Xbox is steve007. PlayStation ID is the real steve007. And Hayden? Uh, My contact details are we can watch my um, YouTube channel, which is... Uh, Hayden Reese Jones, just do a search for that. Twitter, H E R J U K, PSN Xbox Live, Steam, any other gaming platforms, H E R J U K. And also you can email me at H E R J U K at gmail.com. So this has been a pleasure doing this. Minute, this don't forget, we have oh, go our on Facebook in. group. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> You're forgetting to all of the plugs, aren't you? I know. We have I our do apologize. Plug. It's. it's... It's yes, yes. Sorry, go on. You crack on. We're going to keep what it's all in as it is. Yeah. Uh, so we have our Facebook group, which is um, obviously pop culture gamers. You can easily find us there. There is a couple of questions for you to answer if you want to join the group because it is a closed group. If you've got any inquiries, you can email me or Steve, and you can also visit our website at h double t p call on two forward slashes and then popculturegamers.podbean.com and also, you can play this on lots and lots of uh, different platforms, including your Amazon Echo. And you can tell the Echo to uh, ask any pod to play Pop Culture Gamers, and it'll play it for you. So there you go. It's easy as that, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Dead easy. But I'm not going to say the name of it, because everybody always emails me and no. tells me off for saying Alexa. Actually, my, my Alexa's been very quiet today, so... <laughs> Won't be now. <laughs> no, it's in, it's in the other room, so we're okay. Yeah, mine's in the other room, but it's within earshot, so it'll probably be flicking around. <laughs> I don't know that. <laughs> anyway, as if as if by magic she answers. Yeah. Anyway, so we will talk to all you guys again. Thanks a lot, Hayden, again for coming on. Pleasure. And we'll be back hopefully for a, a within a week with a with a, another mega long podcast that we normally do. Yeah, mind you, this is a good thing. <laughs> it is. So anyway, so it's a so it's a good night from me, and it's a good night from him. Good night. Good night.